Get ready for a journey into the heart of Bridgeport politics with In Absentia, a new podcast from Connecticut Public's investigative team, The Accountability Project. Learn about the city's past and present political dysfunction and the systems that enable it. Tune in wherever you get your podcasts. Funding provided by Francisco L. Borges and the Melville Charitable Trust. This is Where We Live. I'm John Dankowski. Coming up later this hour, we'll listen back to an interview and in-studio performance by West End Blend. They released their first full-length studio album in 2015. But first, there was a lot of music released this year, and there never seems to be enough time to listen to it all. That's where the Internet's busiest music nerd comes in. Anthony Fantano started his career as an intern at WNPR. He's now one of the biggest music reviewers there is. His YouTube channel for The Needle Drop has over a half a million subscribers, and he released more than 200 video reviews just this year alone. He stopped by our studios to share some of his favorite songs of the year, from hip-hop to Bjork and everything in between. Anthony Fantano, welcome back to Where We Live. Hey, man. I'm very excited to have you here. You always bring us such interesting music. I always, of course, ask you at the start of every one of these at the end of, of the year, what was new in music this year? I mean, what was 2015 like for you? 2015 was a really chaotic and volatile year for music. I feel like I found a lot of records that I love and records that I was head over heel for, head heels for, but simultaneously... Uh, and maybe this just sort of comes with the territory of reviewing a few hundred albums a year, uh, but a lot of albums that <laughs> I absolutely hated. But it, th- there were a lot of long albums this year. I feel like the Internet age and just the, the indulgence of of the art form today has allowed so many artists to put out so many long, long albums. I mean, one of my favorite records this year is Three Hours Long and other albums that that I didn't really care for quite as much. Uh, Dame Funk's latest record, which is a bit of an interesting synth funk throwback, is 90 minutes long. The latest Titus Andronicus record, 90 minutes long. The new Miley Cyrus record, 90 minutes long. Like so many double and triple albums coming out this year. And I'm not exactly sure why that's happening, but maybe just the ease of putting out music digitally allows artists to just put out anything and everything and just not really edit themselves and just let it all kind of hang out on the internet and let the fans decide what's good and what's not. I guess that is part of the internet age, right? I mean, you can just put out as much as you want and let the fans sort it out, but it does sort of seem like a little bit of a trend, right? People are getting a a little bit more self-indulgent. Does it show up in the music, too? Is it just the length of things, or is the music more self-indulgent, too? Uh, I I think to a degree. I mean, hip-hop has seen such a growth in popularity over the past several years, and uh, I I mean, it's it's a very uh, cult of personality based genre. Uh, so, you know, a lot of me, 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 me going on in the lyrics. I mean, even one of my favorite records this year, Kendrick Lamar's record, as as interesting as an album as I think that is, especially from kind of a political and a philosophical standpoint, uh, the album is very much about his personal journey and his personal experience. Well, you can check out some of uh, Anthony Fantano's needle drop reviews on his YouTube channel. Um, And he's in studio with us to tell us about some of the music that he really liked from this year. And the first tune we're going to hear is actually, well, a little bit of a throwback. It's so good to hear from Missy Elliott again. Missy Elliott is back. And I'm excited to hear (laughs) if she comes out with a new full-length album this year. It all kind of started with that appearance that she did with... Katy Perry, uh, I believe, during the Super Bowl. It was during the Super Bowl. Everyone got all excited. Here's Missy Elliott back in the Super Bowl stage. Back on the the stage, back in the limelight. Uh, (laughs) And it it seemed like there was this – it's really interesting. It made me sort of feel old. 
that there was kind of this new generation of kids who had no idea who she was. But the thing is, she she kind of disappeared for a minute there. So she was really out of the public eye. And then the music, the great music she came out with in the 2000s kind of didn't carry over into this generation. And that's kind of the thing. You know, there's not a lot of staying power uh, in this day and age, even for good music. You know, if you're not always engaging with the public and you're not placing yourself into the public eye, people are liable to just forget about you. And now that she's back, she's come out with this new single with Pharrell, I believe, who helped produce the beat, and he also does a verse on this track. And it is a a kooky, nutty, hard-hitting track. I mean, it's such a danceable, fun song. And from the moment I heard it, uh, it was one of my favorite singles of the year. And it's called WTF, Where They From. This is Mi- uh, Missy Elliott here on Where We Live. Elliot, and it's so much fun, Anthony. And you know, she has this very specific style that's really only her. You were talking about uh, how it made you feel old, uh, thinking about a lot of the people who didn't really know about her. Now she's back in the limelight. She's about my age too. She's sort of been around for a very, very long time, and it's a little bit of a throwback to a a very specific type of artist who does just what she does. Uh, It's such a great, fun song, and she's brought back that really eccentric vocal style that. She's always had, and I just like her elongated, you know, just uh, <laughs> emphases, uh, emphases on the certain words that she's saying. And it's such a great dance song. Um, you mentioned Kendrick Lamar. It's obviously one of the most talked about records of the year. And you brought it to us as one of your favorite records of the year, too. Yeah, the, this, I think, is probably going to be my album of the year. Um, most definitely a, a milestone for hip hop, uh, not only just in terms of the musical quality of the record, but I think there are very few albums in the hip-hop genre that can go toe-to-toe with this record on a conceptual level. Um, It's such a, in a way, a great story album, and it's such an interesting kind of personal journey for him um, as just kind of your average regular person who, who in a lot of ways, you know, wasn't groomed to sort of be in the industry, you know, someone who just happened to be a phenomenally talented artist with a lot of potential. And there are a lot of people who, like Dr. Dre, who were already in the industry, who saw that very early on and gave him endorsements and gave him the attention and gave him uh, uh, the resources and put him in the position that he was in to make this album, which musically and instrumentally is so extravagant. It's so huge. It's so panoramic. It's so wide. Um, I, I don't think there's a single album that I've heard this year that is as movie-like as this album. Uh, and there's a lot of different musical styles on here. We have tracks like this one that we're going to play that has more of a boom-bap, hardcore hip-hop style uh, with a really strong political edge to the lyrics. And there are others that, a lot of, that, that are a lot jazzier, Some's, some that are more soulful and smoother and just easier on the ears. And with each musical change, there's also a story change and a different emotional change on the album as well. I believe one of Obama's favorite songs this year is actually off of this record, How Much a Dollar Cost, which is a really interesting 
heartbreaking story about him coming face to face with a homeless person and him just kind of seeing him as this lowly beggar, but him not being generous to that beggar sort of costs him his spot in the afterlife, you know, not being a good person, not being a generous person. It's a really layered album uh, that, that I'm still kind of, you know, pulling back those onion layers on as I still listen to it today. And it's been out, you know, since the spring. Uh, listening to some Kendrick Lamar with uh, Anthony Fantano from the Needle Drop, who's bringing us some of his favorite music of 2015. You hate me, don't you? I know you hate me just as much as you hate yourself. Jealous of my wisdom and cards I dose. Watching me as I pull up, fill up my tank, they pill out. Muscle cars like pull up. Show you what these Kendrick Lamar, it's the blacker the berry from the well, it's the album uh, to Pimple Butterfly that uh, had, a lot, had a lot of people talking and a lot of people buying it this year. Also, more Grammy nominations than just about any other artist this year. And in a really important political message in there, Anthony, for this year, uh, sometimes, you know, Grammy nods don't necessarily go to records that have such a strong political point of view. But this time, uh, the sort of the popular and the uh, uh, and the very deep kind of lined up, I think. Yeah, I think uh, it's it's really a testament to the fact that he's really the the only artist out there right now that I think is making music that is this socially conscious, this politically charged, but simultaneously he makes music that uh, can grab the ear of a radio listener. Although I think he's kind of stepped back on that a little bit with this new project and gone further into kind of an experimental direction. But his last album, certainly, if uh, if this latest one is a little out there for you, uh, I recommend the, his last album, Good Kid, Mad City, which... Uh, uh, is very easy on the ears. A lot of the tracks are very radio friendly, but also tells a story as well uh, uh, from the standpoint of him or just really any kid who came from the the town that he did, Compton, uh, growing up with a lot of bad influences, but kind of overcoming those and kind of taking a, a more righteous path later on in the future. And And that's essentially what this new album is, too. It's kind of that same journey. It's that same righteous path decision in the end, but it's sort of at a different age and with a completely different, uh, I guess, set of surroundings as well. You know, he's no longer in his hometown neighborhood, although there are moments on this album where he kind of revisits that. He's in the middle of this music industry. He's in the middle of this culture of excess. Um, not all the music that you brought us is hip-hop today, of course. There's, yeah. that's, a, that's a big part of the story of 2015. <laughs> but you brought us some other music, uh, including a few bands that, as, as usual, Anthony, you bring me music that I've not heard before. And this is a, a band from, from Britain called Everything Everything. Tell me about this band. Uh, yeah, Everything Everything. Ugh, the, the, this, this band uh, I have a love-hate relationship with. I'm aggravated every time I think of this band because their label refuses to release their music in the U.S. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is about their contract that they're not releasing their music. Maybe some of you will hear this and say, you know what? Good. Stay in the UK. Uh, <laughs> I hope you don't, though. But but if you do, but if you do enjoy what you're hearing here, uh, you know, um, you may have to go about illegal means to get a hold of this record or maybe import it from Amazon or something, you know. But the the latest record that they've put out is called Get to Heaven. And it's this really progressive pop album. Uh, pretty much every track here has a really strong hook. 
and really great melodies, but the instrumentation is so intricate and it's so layered. The vocals are a little nutty. They, they took a little time for me to get used to, but I really love them. And I think the band, they're just great songwriters. And they remind me of a, of a group that I already like by the name of Battles. If you're into some really dense instrumental rock, check them out. Uh, but the thing is, these guys have kind of a, a pop sensibility that that band doesn't have. And, and it really shows on this new record over here, especially with this track, which to me kind of has a, a bit of a house vibe to the hook. And the track is called Distant Past. Drag my tongue across the sand So happy just to crawl across the land Soon I'll be the best around I'm gonna keep my plunder underground Hard flesh, cold against the rain Just billowing around my brazen brain Saw off all my stinking limbs Blood dripping down my sunken monkey chin Baby, can you leave it in distant past? Baby, can you leave it in so funny about that track and is you, you said progressive pop and there's like five or six different references to completely different sorts of oh, music yeah. in there Absolutely. in about two minutes that we that we just heard it's fascinating and danceable and very very lyrically weird again i i love the hook it reminds me of just so many bad but also simultaneously good just euro pop hooks like where do you go <laughs> my lovely just like all of that really terrible, just really kitschy dance music from the aughts that uh, I hated as a kid, but hearing it sort of embodied in this new track over here, I, I like it a lot. Like, it sort of takes me back to just all of those really bad Night at the Roxbury jokes and sketches <laughs> that they used to have on SNL. Our heads were bobbing at the same time there, yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. Like, my head bobs in that same exact way that Will Ferrell's used to uh, when that hook pops in. But uh, again, also like a little bit of uh, rapping, I guess, on the verse as well, and just like that really dense polyrhythmic percussion going on in the background that that is really well mixed and balanced so you just hear every single uh, piece of percussion in that and, and i just have to say anthony just personally that's an excellent falsetto you have very oh, nicely thanks. done very nicely done we're talking with anthony fantano he is the host of the needle drop it's a it's a blog of course it's a it's a series of amazing video reviews on youtube and he's very very popular around the world don't you know and he still comes back to visit us uh, at least once a year to tell us about some of his favorite music here this is where on it all started where baby now, it is where it all started. He was, he was just a, a very humble uh, intern here at WNPR at one point. Now he's a big star. Okay, you've been talking about some artists who are polarizing, people who kind of you have a love-hate relationship with, and you brought us some music by uh, Father John Misty, uh, Josh Tillman, who is one of the more polarizing figures in, in rock and folk right now. He's just, he's this guy who's sort of, he seems like a jerk, kind of, and he writes these really great songs, and he's an amazing performer, but it's really easy to dislike him, too. Um, yeah, I think that jerk quality that you're talking about <laughs> definitely comes through on this song. Uh, maybe not so specifically with him, but this track over here I like a lot because he sort of seems to be describing someone who he finds detestable. Oh, absolutely. Uh, so, so someone who, who walks around like they're a jerk talking about someone who they think is a jerk. 
<laughs> you know, that that could be either a part of their warped worldview or maybe that person's an even bigger jerk. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but but he sort of seems to pick up on all of these, I guess, weird personality traits of I, I imagine a, a woman who he's singing about in this song and just sort of picks apart at them like, I don't know, just an overzealous therapist or something and uh, just really pulls this person apart. And, uh, and he does it against this uh, tune that I'm just absolutely in love with. Uh, it's got a bit of a Velvet Underground vibe to it, but also given that it is Josh Tillman and his connections to uh, Fleet Foxes, it's got kind of a neo-indie folk edge to it as well that I like a lot. And this is the night Josh Tillman came to our apartment here in where we live. Of the few main things I hate about her Someone's been told too many times they're beyond the years By every half-minute of distinction she keeps around And now every insufferable convo Features her patiently explaining Music from Father John Misty. The song is The Night Josh Tillman Came to Our Apartment. We're playing some of the favorite tracks this year of Anthony Fantano from The Needle Drop. I really do love the song. I, I have to say two things. One is, lyrically, it actually it harkens back to a song that I know a lot of us grew up with, which is You're So Vain. Right? Mm-hmm. It's it's that it's the, the cut down in the pop song that actually really works very well. And musically, you mentioned, of course, the Velvet Underground. And he, he has one sort of Velvet Underground style in this particular track, yeah. I have to say, I wanted to, to play for you, and I know that you've heard this as well. One of my favorite things of all of 2015 was Father John Misty. And as I said before, the guy can be a little bit of a jerk at times. He decided to rip off Ryan Adams, the great singer-songwriter who, uh, to some acclaim, covered all of Taylor Swift's pop record 1989 in kind of a pop ballad style, rock and roll style from the 1990s in a very Ryan Adams way and got a lot of acclaim for it. Almost instantly, Father John Misty uh, covered one of the songs, Welcome to New York, in the style of the Velvet Underground. I just uh, Let's just listen to a little bit of it here. Walking through the crowd, the villages are cold, kaleidoscopes are loud, heartbeats under cold. Everybody here wanted something more, searching for a scroll. It just makes me laugh out loud, and I, and I love it so much. And again, it's one of my favorite things of the year. And I, I love what Ryan Adams did with the Taylor Swift record, but I have to say, as soon as I heard this almost instantaneous response in the style of Lou Reed, I thought, boy, he nailed it. <laughs> I, I'm glad that you think it's funny because that was very much his intention that I don't think a lot of people got uh, when he originally dropped that track. Immediately after that song got blog buzz, he immediately just like completely disowned it and he was just like, guys, it was just a joke. I recorded that song to see if you guys would 
talk about it, and you did, <laughs> which I mean, I don't, I don't know why he would be surprised about that. Uh, it's it's not like music journalism's flaws over the past several years have you know been hiding under some kind of deep dark underbelly or something <laughs> like that. They've been very obvious. So uh, I don't know. It's 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 resulted in at least a few fun tracks, and it was uh, it was Daphne Daphne Lee Martin who liked his last record. So shout out to her. Absolutely. Shout out to her at the Telegraph. And um, yeah, I mean, even this new record uh, over here impressed me while I was a little lukewarm on his last project. And he actually has on YouTube a, a music video out for this track where um, kind of going into the title of the track, he pretty much goes home from a bar with himself. He picks himself up at a bar, you know, just like another Josh Tillman. And they both go back to his apartment for a night of alcohol and drug-fueled debauchery, and it's kind of weird. <laughs> well, I, I, Going into the vanity of you're so vain. Well, I, I, exactly. You know, we're going to take a break here, and as we head to break, I should just say that, uh, as Anthony just mentioned, our friend Daphne Lee Martin I gave us some suggestions last year. She put out a new record this year, The Telegraph Recording Company. They put out a number of records, including a really great record uh, by the local band Violent May called Kid that we've had on. Uh, in the past, and we want to have them back on the show coming up soon. A lot of great local music that we'll be talking about throughout 2016 here on Where We Live, but right now, talking about some of the best music of 2015 with the Needle Drops' Anthony Fantano. We'll be back right after a break, Where We Live. This is Where We Live. I'm John Dankosky, and it's a tradition here at Where We Live to bring in Anthony Fantano from The Needle Drop. He's the video music blogger who's just gotten huge on YouTube. 500,000-plus followers, people coming to Anthony Fantano events all over the world, and it all started right here in Connecticut. And he's back to share some of his favorite music of the year. We've been talking through some of the best music in various genres, and you're going to bring us another band now, Destroyer, with a track called Times Square. Tell us about Destroyer. Uh, Destroyer is this, I guess, sort of rock and roll project uh, from singer-songwriter Dan Behar. This is essentially his group, and this is his first album since, I believe, his 2011 LP, Kaput, which uh, was a bit of a Baroque pop album, kind of a change of pace for him. And on this new LP over here, I feel like he's kind of returning to form a bit, giving us more of a rock endeavor, but it's very theatrical and it's very dramatic as well, especially with all the strings backing many of the tracks here. Uh, In my review of this record, I sort of imagined uh, him singing a lot of these songs as, I don't know, some kind of bum with a heart of gold and a tattered jacket kind of, you know, walking around in this singing in the rain like set where he's dancing around light posts and and announcing like, you know, these really poetic proclamations that he's written, these monologues that he has laced into this album of his. Although this track over here is a very rock oriented track, uh, kind of has a Velvet Underground vibe, just like that Josh Tillman song that we just played. And uh, it kind of has this uh little diatribe, this verse that he repeats a few times on the album, sometimes in a very, you know, quiet, uh, very, uh, Jesus was beside himself, you know, very dramatic way where he's just like, you know, hanging on every word, whereas this one's a little more, uh, it's it's got a little more swagger to it and uh, it really stands out, especially because of the sax solo. Uh, Destroyer is is the band. That's the project. And uh, Times Square is the track. And we're listening to Anthony Fantana with some of his favorite music from the Needle Drop here in Where We Live. Jacob's in a state of decimation. The writing on the wall is in 
right in at all Just forces of nature In love with a weather station That's a really good track. It's a, a very fun, great pop hooks in there. And you're right, there's a little bit of the early 70s Lou Reed, you know, sure. kind of walking on the wild side. Yes. Not, not just because of the sax solo, but that's a great tune, Anthony. Yeah, yeah no, it's, <laughs> it's, it's a great song. And, and it's rare that you run across a singer who's as expressive as him and a singer who also sounds like simultaneously they're acting while they're singing and uh, it's it's been a while since somebody's uh, romanticized Times Square you know since it's become a giant ad that you're just walking through <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's, it's it's not the sort of thing people write songs about anymore but uh, well he did um, the next artist Benjamin Clementine is one of the most unusual unique voices I've heard in a very long time and sometimes you bring us some very Unusual music, Anthony. Honestly, but he's new is, to me. Uh, I, I gotta say, I didn't so, hear him until yeah. the Mercury Prize that he won. It's so it's so amazing, and and I, I'm gonna want to talk to you about it for a moment, and then I'll give you some of my impressions after we listen to it a little bit. But tell tell us a bit, bit of his backstory because this is an, an amazing kind of character. He's a London singer songwriter. I believe he has roots in France as well, and that that's really where he gets a lot of his inspiration. You know, from a lot of that old school Chan song type stuff. Uh, his his songs are very much not about verses and choruses and all that stuff. You know, they're very linear, uh, a lot like Dan Behar. He's very much an actor as he's playing the piano. Uh, he's telling a story. Um, if, if, if you love hearing a dramatic theatrical music with strong pianos in the background and, and very expressive vocals, uh, you've got to try out his latest record. It's fantastic. And, and this song, Adios, is one of my favorites from it. Adios, adios, adios to your afternoon. Cause tonight I'll be forever following the Colosseum moon into a certain room. Adios, adios. I'm sorry for quickly jumping into the train. I waited, but no one came. You were just too late. That decision is mine That decision is mine So let the lesson be mine Let the lesson be mine That decision is mine That decision is mine Cause the vision is mine The vision is mine Mm. Adios that's music by Benjamin Clementine here in Where We Live, and the, the song is called Adios. Um, one of my very favorite musicians of all time is, is the great pianist and singer Nina Simone. Mm-hmm. And part of what she did when she was going through her career is she would mix very theatrical music uh, fueled by her own piano playing like that, very yeah. much like that, with the sort of gritty blues and standards that she would play. And that became a bit of her standard. And, and in Benjamin Clementine, I both hear that aggressive piano style and also some of the vocal phrasing that makes me love Nina Simone. It's just an amazing sound for a modern artist, I think. Yeah, if, if, if there's anything that sort of sets him apart from uh, that musical sort of uh, discipline that I mentioned before you played the song. It's that, you know, if you love your Cohen records, if you love your Brell records, if you love your Gainsbourg records, <laughs> then you're going to like this album. But if something sets him apart, it's that jazz influence that those artists didn't necessarily have to the degree that he does. And he gets a lot of it from Nina Simone, most certainly. 
Um, I want to turn to Julia Holter and, and a track called Sea Calls Me Home. I don't know much about Julia Holter. Tell me about her. Julia Holter, previous to this, made a lot of ambient music and a lot of droney music and, and occasionally some pop tracks, especially with her last LP. But still, even those songs had a very, very soft demeanor to them that even if you were just a straightforward pop fan or even an indie pop fan, what she was doing on those records might have been just a little too, uh, I don't know, just uh, formless for you since a lot of the songs don't seem to have a really strong structure to them since it seems to more be about the atmosphere than it is about uh, the what the song is doing tempo-wise and pace-wise. But this new record of hers is definitely a huge change of pace and that the instrumentation, her vocals are all very tangible. It's all very upfront, and uh, it, it's it's got a different personality for most dream pop records, which usually uh, to me are like a lot of navel gazing, you know. Whereas her music is is very peppy. I think very upbeat. Uh, sounds very heavenly. I feel like uh, I'm just listening to nothing but you know harps and angels and golden gates and just very pillowy clouds and golden sunbeams as I'm listening to a lot of this new record of hers, uh, Have You in My Wilderness. And uh, this track, Sea Calls Me Home, is, is one of the most upbeat and I guess uh, engaging songs on the record. song is Sea Calls Me Home by Julia Holter. It is a dreamy song, isn't it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I love I love that track. And you mentioned that she sort of got her start in kind of ambient or formless music. I think it, it takes us very nicely to an artist that I think we all know very well. Bjork has a new record this, this year. Mm-hmm. And we're going to hear a little bit of Bjork. I think it's funny. We started our program with Missy Elliott, someone who started you know, to come into the public consciousness, maybe around the same time as Bjork. And she's been out of the, the public eye a bit until this year. She put on a big exhibit at MoMA, and she did this tour with bizarre costuming. But she also has music that's very Bjork-like. Yeah, her her last record was uh, a bit of a weird moment for her. Not, not that uh, most of her moments <laughs> a weird are strange. moment for Bjork. Yes, <laughs> yes, but well, I mean that's that's the thing about her. You know, she's always kind of outdoing herself and doing something the fans don't expect. And while her last record, uh, I think, was a little underwhelming for me, just simply as an album. She really just tried to do a bit of a, I don't know, a, a multimedia thing with that project, like you were just saying with that moment installment. She had this big iPad app that was supposed to be this, mm-hmm. you know, a companion thing to the record where fans were supposed to be able to kind of remix songs and pull them apart and kind of make their own music with the music of the album. Uh, so with this new project over here, she decided just to do an album, uh, go back to just, you know, a regular album cycle, but also go back to a time earlier in her career. Uh, my favorite record of hers is probably her album Vespertine. And on this new album over here, she kind of goes back to that very string, that very Baroque 
based sound, which is kind of strange for her to revisit something that she's already done. Seems kind of uh, antithetical to what Bjork is usually about. But the album is a a breakup album of sorts, uh, specifically about a relationship that was pretty intense around that specific time in her career. So maybe that's why she's going back to a lot of these older sounds since she's literally going back into her past, into her history and singing about things that have sort of brought her to the point at which this relationship kind of disintegrated with tracks that if you look into the the lyrics, if you look into the track listing, there are songs that specifically say this happened nine months before the breakup. This is three months before the breakup. This is six months. This is three months after, six months after, nine months after. So you really kind of trip through this emotional torment of hers on this record. And uh, there's just a lot of very sad, powerfully sad moments on this album. But the music's beautiful. music by Bjork. The album is called Volnicura, and the track is called Stone Milker. And you, you mentioned this earlier, Anthony. It really is true. It sounds like a kind of a Bjork that we remember. And I, I don't know if this happens to you sometimes. Every once in a while when an artist has had a, a career of 20 or 30 years, you, know, you, you long to hear some of what made them popular in the first place. And sure. And that's exactly what she's <laughs> delivering, right? She's actually delivering a very yeah. Bjork-like. And you also hear she's a lovely singer, and you sort of forget that, too, with all the weirdness. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> you know, what, what you were just saying about artists going back to, to certain points in their career. Uh, while I do enjoy this album, and I'm not complaining about this trip back to this Vespertine-like era, because, again, that is my favorite Bjork LP, but you saying that sort of reminded me of all the times that artists did that, and it didn't work exactly. out. Exactly. <laughs> oh, no, and it, and it happens all the time, right? This is something that, you know, they try to recreate the old days, and it's just not not the best. You know, it's 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 really funny. Um, no matter how <laughs> far we progress into the future and sort of how, uh, uh, I guess, dusty and old we see a lot of the music artists to be from the 60s, from the 70s, from the 80s, it seems even today we can't break that cycle, uh, that, that even as we're sort of convincing ourselves that we're in the future, we're progressive, we're ahead of the curve, we're, you know, way past everything that's happened back there, uh, even as we get into a certain age group, as do our artists, we're like, Ugh, I, I wish that person would just make that same record over again. <laughs> that would be really great if it was the same album, but just like just better a little or different. just like as good or something. Yeah. Well, okay. So we're going to end with something that's kind of not like anything else that's happening right now. And you brought us exactly one jazz track, and it's one of my favorite records of the year. And it's also— oh, you've heard it, too? Yeah, it's also uh. a strange, strange uh, thing. Kamasi Washington is a saxophonist and a composer and a, an arranger who, I don't know, Anthony, deals with a larger palette, let's just say, than most jazz is today. And we'll listen to it a little bit of it in, in a moment. It's— uh, a type of music that's a little bit polarizing even within the jazz community, but it's been very widely praised by critics and all sorts of people because it seems to be a new kind of thing in jazz right now. Um, 
you know, if, if, if you head over to my YouTube channel, and, and please look up this review, but if you also look up Kabasi Washington uh, in my podcast playlist, you're, you're going to stumble across a conversation I had with him as well. And I posed that same question to him too. And the thing is that that mindset, that feeling, it's very much a thing of the past. You know, it's, it's, it's pre this era in the 2000s, which for popular culture was very much a dead zone for jazz. Mm-hmm. And the thing is in that dead zone – People like Kamasi Washington came out because the thing is there wasn't this institution to sort of tell him this type of jazz is good. This type of jazz is bad. These styles of jazz you should be making. These styles of jazz, no, which I think is what allowed him. And he says this, you know, blatantly uh, when him and his friends were getting together and playing jazz, you know, and, and the thing is in that era, you know, there's not a whole lot of people to play with, you know, because it seems they're younger and young. There are less and less young people taking to the genre. Everybody needs to embrace everything, you know, bits of jazz fusion, Latin jazz, bop and and the like. So that's why this three hour record and, you know, if you're making three hours of jazz music, you're probably going to have to go outside of, you know, just uh, the standards. You know, you're going to have to play some of the other styles of jazz just to kind of fill up that runtime. So a lot of this music came as a result of just uh, of how much him and his friends just kind of love every shade of the genre. And we're also talking about an artist who, as, as he described for a long time, he wasn't really recording anything because he made his living touring with other artists. He made his living uh, appearing on the records of other artists and, and bringing his musical talents to their albums, you know, and just performing live. Uh, but recently sort of came a time when he said, I got to record something. You know, and, and, and this album sort of came as a result of Flying Lotus, who his, his music I've brought onto this program before uh, through his record label, Brain Feeder Records. Uh, he gave Kamasi Washington the opportunity to record this LP and put it out. He's actually had Kamasi perform on his music as well. Um, this album has been kind of a, a long time in waiting and a long time uh, in creation as well. And uh, as, as Kamasi described in the, in the interview, it kind of... Uh, he had to wait to release this thing a little bit, but it came at a very opportune time because he didn't know this was going to be the case, but Flying Lotus just had a new LP that he appeared on, which brought him a lot of hype, a lot of buzz, a lot of attention. He also appeared on that Kendrick Lamar record that we just played music from, too, which also brought him a lot of attention that he didn't have otherwise. So the, the stars really just kind of lined up with this thing. You know, he had a lot of people wondering who he was, who was this fantastic player appearing on these albums, and now he has an album just that's come out of the blue. Well, we're going to listen to this on the way out. Of course, uh, just recently he was featured on Jazz Night in America with Christian McBride and some live performances. And if you want to learn more, you can check out The Needle Drop, where Anthony Fantano not only has playlists, but also interviews like this one and lots of video music reviews. So much good music that you brought us this time around, Anthony. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thanks for coming. Uh, Thanks for having me here. When we come back from our break, we'll listen back to one of our favorite in-studio performances of the year from the Hartford band West End Blend. We'll talk to them and hear some music coming up right after this break, Where We Live. This is Where We Live. I'm John Dankowski. Coming up on tomorrow's show, a regular Where We Live guest and national security expert, Scott Bates, recently returned from a trip to the Middle East. 
He'll stop by to debrief us on what he saw and discuss U.S. foreign policy. We'll also hear from Washington University School of Law professor Kimberly Norwood. She was recently in Hartford to talk about biases in life, in lawmaking, policy, and decision-making. Hope you can join us. Today we're listening back to some of our favorite music from 2015. And back in October, we were thrilled to have the big, funky Hartford band West End Blend back on the show. They put out a new release this year called Rewind. They recently stopped by CPBN's Chase Family Studios to play for a live audience. Before we hear more from the band actually talking to us, let's hear them play some music that reminds me of the great funk band Earth, Wind, and Fire. Trumpeter Mike Buffondo, who you'll hear singing on this next track called Come Around, says he has a big love for jam bands and the Grateful Dead. So let's see what you hear. Here's West End Blend on Where We Live.
That's West End Blend performing their song, Come Around, from their new record, Rewind. They recently stopped by our studios to play for a live crowd of our co-workers who got to dance a little bit. I asked vocalist Erica Bryan how hard it is to get together a band that's as big as 13 pieces on a regular basis. We do all meet up on Mondays to rehearse. We kind of just work with that. We kind of just make sure we have a time when everybody can meet up. But I mean, no one has a 13-piece th- band anymore. I mean, how's that? I mean, that's got, it's going to be hard to, to pull all these people together. Everyone's got day gigs, right? You all got things to do, but you're all coming together on Mondays, and you're able to get on the road and do this. That's, that's an amazing commitment, really, right. for this gr- uh, size group to all come together and all be pulling in the same direction. Right. It's just something that we have to remember. Um, and as we've gotten more gigs, you know, and we've gotten more, you know, kind of more attention, um, we have realized that this is something that's going to be bigger. It's going to get bigger, and we need to really kind of focus and remember that while we do have all of these um, all of these other commitments, we make sure we let, you know, West End blend, you know, let each other know what's going on in our lives so that we can sort of plan around that or, like, you know, um, work with that or however we need to do it. So we just kind of coordinate with each other's schedules, but also keep in mind that this is something that we all really, you know, want to be a part of, and we make it work. Yeah. I, I got to ask, we, we talked to Sam about his plan for um, Northeast domination, taking the van out all over the place. I mean, what do you think? I mean, what, what do you what do you want to make of all this? I mean, how, how are you guys going to do this year after year? Uh, I just want to make music, and I love playing with these guys, and we love playing with each other, and it's, it just feels right. It feels good, so it's, it's all I uh, with. <laughs> I mean, we, for those uh, people who've listened to our show before and heard you guys on the first time, I mean, maybe they know the story, but you can just tell us quickly, Sam, how you guys all got together in the first place, because, again, you all have very different backgrounds, but you're all right here in Hartford. Yeah, so basically, the guitarist, Jesse Combs, and I got down with an idea where we wanted to start a big band, specifically to play out and make people dance, and it's meant to have a good time band um and so we said okay so let's just uh come up with a number and like and what instruments we want and then we say okay so who can we call 
And we said, you know, well, we live right here in the West End. We're surrounded by just a bunch of people from University of Hartford. Like a lot, of, a lot of the guys in this band are from U-Hart and and just uh, the area. So we're saying, you know, it's the most convenient way to get a big band together is to have it kind of be like convenient for everyone. So we all lived in the same block. We all would meet on Wednesday nights. It's now Mondays, but it was Wednesday Blends Day at one point. Um, I remember that. Yeah, Wednesday Blends Day. So basically we got everyone over, started um, running some songs. Some people had some original ideas. And, um, you know, it. the band that you see now is definitely different than the band that you've seen when we first met. Um, and the band that you saw when we first met was different when the first band started. And and so now I feel like we're really down to a core group of, of dedicated members and everyone who has their head in the right game, um, and that's kind of where we are now. That's Sam Haran from West End Blend. You can see videos of their performance in our building at wmpr.org slash where we live. I'm John Dankosky. We'll leave you with some more music from West End Blend here on Where We Live. How do you think I give by more than I think? Words don't lie, just what I think. Ask me why I'm thinking so much. It's all right, what do you see now make? It's true, you look for me, baby, I want you. I wait for your call, nothing else to lose. Don't you see?